Veronica Armstrong, and I'm obsessed with helping women emancipate themselves from limiting beliefs and behaviors that prevent them from operating in their zone of success. I'm a former corporate executive turned coach who gave it all up to help women rise above personal constraints and march boldly towards becoming the women they were born to be. My goal for this podcast is to make it a space where we shatter old thought patterns, challenge limiting beliefs, and break the chains of societal norms. Here, you are not defined by your past, but empowered by the potential of your future. So join us on this journey as we dig deep into a world of transformative insight and empowering information. Because remember, you are more than just a product of your past. You are the architect of your future. Welcome to Girl Emancipated. Welcome back to episode 13 of the Girl Emancipated podcast. I am your host, Veronica Armstrong. And today we are going to dive deep into a topic that many of us can relate to, but we often avoid discussing. And that topic is past traumas and their lasting impression on our lives. Before I get started with this episode, I want to say this. I am not a trauma-informed coach. I am not a counselor. I am only speaking to you from a place of experience because I I want you to learn from my experiences, so I'm going to share with you what I know. However, I do plan on bringing on an expert who can help us take a deeper dive into this topic because it is so incredibly important for us to recognize how our past traumas affect our current behavior, that it warrants bringing someone on who can really take us uh, on a deeper level so that we can really talk about this topic. So we're going to kick off this episode talking about my life and my traumas and how I discovered how my traumas were affecting me. So I was emotionally and verbally and physically abused for a good period of time in my life by some of the adults in my life. I was pulled out of my home at the age of 12 and I became a ward of the state. I went to three group homes, two foster homes and a juvenile detention center all before the age of 15. And up until that point, I really started feeling like I wasn't good enough because no matter what I did, I didn't do it right. Or I was always taking verbal abuse or physical abuse from the adults for not being good enough, not doing things right. And so even though I became an emancipated minor at 15 and I got out, I got away from the system and I graduated from high school on time, went to college, got my degrees. In my 30s, I was running a team of over 100 people. Like I said in prior episodes, they had no business making me a VP at that age, but they did. But I was running a team of over 100 people. And one of the things that was a recurring theme about me is that I was an overachiever. I always got amazing accolades for a job well done. My performance was always, always, always praised. However, When I became an executive, there were things, there was feedback that started to come my way that I wasn't used to getting. And some of that feedback was that I was, just to put it bluntly, leaving dead bodies in my path. I wasn't really pulling my team along. I was really abrasive. I was really, oh gosh, hard on people. I was an overachiever. I was holding people to to standards that they themselves couldn't achieve. So luckily for me, my employer at the time graced me with an executive coach. And it was with that executive coach that I had this learning, is that everything that I had been through in my past had caused me to believe that I wasn't good enough. And so I was consistently, or should I say constantly, 
overachieving, trying to prove my worth. And this was well into my 30s. I became an emancipator at minor at 15. But in my 30s, I am still behaving in such a way to prove to the world that I am worthy. So I want you to really think about the traumas that have happened in your life, whether or not they're micro traumas or what have you. But whatever they were, I really want you to ask yourself how those traumas may or may not be affecting you today. And that's why we want to talk about this, because whatever is happening to you today, if you are doing these things or if your behavior is as a result of the the traumas you've experienced in the past, we want to get rid of those so that we can become the person that we were intended to be. So this is what today's topic is all about. So let's go ahead and jump right in. So as I've shared with you, your past traumas can have an impact on your life because your trauma isn't just an event that occurred in the past. It is a continuous echo that ripples throughout your life and it sometimes gets in the way and you don't even know that it's hindering your ability to be successful or to operate in your zone of genius. As I've shared, past traumas can affect everyday decisions and your behavior. For instance, someone who was ridiculed for speaking out in their past may hesitate to voice their opinions today in a group setting. Or a person who's faced financial instability, they may hoard items even if they know they're no longer in that situation. One of the things that I have learned more recently, uh, I would call this a micro trauma, is people who are growing up in families where they're constantly hearing, if you're not making good money, then you're not good enough. You're not successful. And these These people well into their 40s and 50s are still pushing themselves to make good money, whatever that looks like. And because they're not making the kinds of money perhaps their parents made or their sisters and brothers made, then they are looking at themselves as if something is wrong with them. So they're chasing something that they may never achieve. And therefore, they're just not happy. So those little micro traumas can have an impact as well. These past traumas can also hinder your physical health. It has been shown that past traumas leave an imprint on our physical health. They cause stress and anxiety, and they lead to sleep issues and an increased risk of chronic disease. They also affect your relationships because they can cause fear of abandonment or even deep-seated feelings of unworthiness, as I've discussed. And this can affect both your romantic relationships and yet just your regular friendships. Past traumas can also increase your sensitivity to just basic criticism or just basic responsive. You might become overly defensive if someone says something to you and you felt excessively criticized or bullied in the past. I think one of the important things to point out here is this, is that the size of the traumatic event or the trauma that you experience isn't a direct measure of its impact on your life because micro traumas, which might seem insignificant to others, can have a lasting impact as major traumatic events on some people. For example, persistent belittling can be as traumatic as one single event. But here's the key that we have to take into consideration is that we oftentimes develop coping mechanisms to help us deal with the trauma. Now, some of these coping mechanisms are healthy. However, others can be detrimental to our success and our health because they can cause us to do things such as self-isolate, become very self-critical, or, you know, for some, it's even drinking too much or getting into drugs. I mean, everyone has a way 
way of coping with crises or situations in their lives. And I think one of the sad parts of trauma is that there are people who oftentimes achieve these major, major milestones. However, they trigger these memories of people who said they couldn't do something or they weren't good enough. And then those past memories, they allow those past memories to downplay their achievements. And that's really sad. So our goal should be to really understand past traumas and how they affect us so that we can find ways to create supportive environments that encourage our healing so that we can learn to operate in our zone of genius. So before I go any further, I want to define trauma. And it refers to a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. But here's the thing. It's deeply personal. What might be traumatic for one person may not be traumatic for another. It's not always about the event itself, but rather the emotional and the psychological response to it. In my research about trauma, I was, as I said before, early in this podcast, it's a topic that we avoid. But as I was researching this topic, I was just amazed at the types of trauma that exist out there. Now, they can be classified in various ways. But for our discussion, we're just going to cover just a few types of trauma. And then we will dive deeper into the topic at a later date with an expert. So let me just jump into the types of trauma that I've come across. There's bullying. Um, I think we all know what bullying is. There's community trauma. There's medical trauma. I knew about medical trauma just listening to a lot of the people that I've heard who have been on the operating table. They wake up and they're feeling everything, but they can't scream. They can't yell. They can't do anything. Um, and, and they have these traumatic experiences. Of course, there's physical abuse. There, uh, there are people who go through natural disasters that can cause trauma. There's refugee trauma. There's sexual abuse uh, and sex trafficking trauma. There's also relational trauma and relational trauma is the result of toxic relationships, be it with parents, romantic partners or friends. It includes emotional abuse, betrayal and or abandonment. I have experienced my share of relational trauma. And we also have trauma that is due to someone experiencing a significant event, such as a natural disaster, physical abuse, witnessing violence, or experiencing severe accidents. I actually have been in five car accidents, and I'll tell you the slightest movement of a car that feels like an accident, it is a little traumatizing to me or jarring, I should say, because it just triggers the memory of all the car accidents I've been in. Now, before we go on, I just want to make a clarifying statement here. I wasn't driving in those those accidents. As a matter of fact, I've had one accident in which I was driving and someone hit me from behind. But the point I'm trying to make here is that when someone else is driving and they're a little they're driving a little erratically, it does, you know, freak me out because I have been traumatized because of the car accidents that I've been in in the past. And so that's a great segue into the next point I'd like to make here is because trauma, regardless of the type, it just doesn't vanish after your event ends. As I just said, I have five car accidents and I get a little nervous when people are driving erratically. It leaves a lasting imprint because this information or whatever their experience was, was is stored in your brains. And traumatic events, from what I've read, are stored differently in the brain than just regular memories because they're often fragmented, meaning 
they may feel fresh when triggered. Also, the brain becomes more alert to threats post-trauma, even in safe environments, which can lead to anxiety and somewhat being on edge, hence what I described when people are driving erratically. So after people experience traumatic events, they may do things to protect themselves. They, Their psyche may push them to avoid situations, places, or people that remind them of trauma. And I'm pretty sure many of us can identify with. Truthfully speaking, there are people I avoid because, yeah, they make me cringe. And these cringeworthy moments can be quite triggering because it just reminds me of things that I've experienced in the past. Now, I'm very aware of what I'm doing. So I'm being very deliberate in my action. If I wasn't being deliberate in my action, it would be a little different. But I'm being deliberate in my action to avoid situations that might trigger me. that I can maintain the peace in my life. And finally, trauma can reshape our belief system. I mentioned that earlier about people who grow up in households where they're they're learning that if they're not making great money, then they're not good enough. So trauma can reshape our belief system. And another example that I think many of us might be able to identify with is that if you are consistently faced with betrayal by your boyfriend or your husband or someone else, over time, we may develop this belief that we can't trust our significant other. So the key here is understanding trauma isn't about categorizing or minimizing someone's experience. It's really about our recognizing the varied impact that trauma can have on us and the impact it's having on our life and our ability to make deliberate decisions to do something about healing. So let me just recap briefly what we've discussed, the impact that trauma can have on our lives. Remember, it is not a thing of the past. It is something that affects us our everyday behaviors, our reactions, and our relationships. It can cause us to be triggered by mundane events or sounds or smells. It can actually cause us to behave in a certain way. Past trauma can also cultivate irrational fears. And as I said before, it can affect our relationships. So those are the impacts that are obvious. I want to go back to something I shared earlier and discuss some of the impacts that might not be so obvious. Trauma can affect our self-worth and our value because, as I said before, the consistent belittling during one's formative years can craft a narrative that I am not good enough. And I've shared that with you about my experience and how it affected my decisions. It can cause trust issues, constantly being let down by someone that you looked up to as a child, even in minor ways can sow seeds of doubt in others and their reliability. And it can cause you to seek validation. A thirst for external validation might come from not receiving enough recognition or support or even acknowledgement in past situations during your younger years. So those are some of the not so obvious issues that trauma can cause in our lives. So now that we've discussed trauma, the types of trauma and the impact it has on our lives, I want to shift into how to heal from trauma. Now, healing from trauma is multifaceted. And so today, we're going to explore healing through the pillars of living an emancipated life. And those pillars are courage, empowerment, resilience, connection, spirituality, and purpose. And we are going to start with courage. So courage is that inner strength that compels us to face our traumas head on. It is about acknowledging those deep wounds and the pain that we experience. It's not easy. It requires vulnerability. But remember, seeking help 
whether it's through therapy, counseling, or simply just opening up to a trusted friend is an act of courage. It is choosing to step in the light and embrace what is in your past and just know that you are taking the steps to heal. Next up is empowerment. Empowerment is about reclaiming control. Trauma can make us feel powerless, but we have the ability to take back our narrative. And this can be done through seeking therapy, educating yourself, self-help techniques, or even joining a workshop. It's about making conscious and deliberate choices to heal and to take care of your well-being. Next is resilience. The path to healing is not linear. There'll be days where you will take two steps forward and then you'll take two steps back. The bottom line is, is that resilience is about understanding this ebb and flow. It's about building that mental strength to navigate through the challenging times and celebrating the small victories and remembering that healing is an ongoing journey. Next is connection. There is strength in shared stories and experiences because you know what? You are not alone. Whether it is joining a support group or participating in community healing circles or just sharing your journey on a platform connecting with others, it helps to dispel the isolation that trauma often brings. It's about realizing that there is a community, a tribe that understands and supports. And you know what, guys? That's what I'm doing. I It's only been in the last five, seven, five to 10 years that I started telling my story and started sharing it to help others. That connection with others and being able to help others helps me to deal with the traumas that I have dealt with in my past so that I can heal. Next is spirituality. For some of us, spirituality offers peace and solace. It's a space where we can find the peace and seek the answers that we need, whether it is through prayer or meditation or simply understanding the universe's narrative for you and your life, spirituality can provide a framework that makes sense of the pain and help you find the strength that you need to endure. And next up and finally, there is purpose. There is a lot of power in channeling your pain into purpose because it's about redirecting that energy of past traumas into something constructive like advocating for awareness or helping others navigate their healing journey or even creating a podcast and sharing your experiences, which is what I'm doing today. The bottom line is that purpose is the compass that gives direction to our pain and we can take that and turn those wounds into wisdom. This is literally what I'm doing. So these pillars aren't just the concepts that were created to live an emancipated life. They are practical and tangible tools and a framework that can help guide you on your healing journey as you strive to live an emancipated life. So as we wrap up the segment, I encourage you to reflect which pillar resonates with you most and how can you leverage it to light up your path? So now that I've shared with you how you can use the pillars to help you begin your healing process, I want to share some practical steps to help you begin healing. And the first thing is recognizing your triggers. Every healing journey begins with awareness of our triggers. These triggers could be situations, places, sounds, or even scents that can 
instantly transport you back to those moments of trauma. It is important to recognize these triggers, not to avoid them, but to be prepared when you know you are about to be triggered. In these instances, you can leverage deep breathing techniques, grounding exercises, or if you need to go to a safe space so that you can mentally and or physically keep those intense moments at bay. Another thing you can do is get professional help. Now, although I've talked about self-help techniques being beneficial, there is value in seeking professional guidance. Therapists and counselors and, and other health professionals are trained to help individuals navigate the complexities of their traumas. They can provide you with tools and resources and perspectives that might be challenging to achieve on your own. But these professionals can provide you with a safe space to unravel and understand and heal from your trauma. Something else you can do is journaling. And I think if you've listened to my podcast before, you know that I'm a fan of journaling because writing can be therapeutic. It allows you to confront your feelings and articulate them. Journaling allows you to go back to what you have written so that you can see patterns over time and start to spot where you are growing or perhaps where more attention is needed. Journaling is a great way to track your healing journey and to celebrate your progress. And more importantly, remind yourself of the strength that you have on your tougher days. And lastly, another way to help you in your healing is meditation and I think everybody knows, if you know me, meditation is one of my favorites. Meditation allows you to stay rooted in the present moment so that you're not going back into your past. It allows you to stay rooted in the present moment so that you can experience your emotions without judgment. On the other hand, it offers a safe space, a quiet space for you to be peaceful and to heal and to rejuvenate. So even if you only do meditation a few minutes a day, the meditation practice can help anchor you in the present and allow you to make deliberate decisions that will help you focus on healing. So remember, healing is a journey. And all of these techniques that I just shared serve as reminders that every day is an opportunity for healing and for understanding and for growth. And as always, remember, extend yourself grace and be patient with yourself because healing is not a destination, but it is absolutely a journey. So here are some closing thoughts. We are going to have good days and we are going to have bad days. And you know what? That's okay. But we have to remember, with each rising sun, there is an opportunity to shine a little brighter and to heal a little deeper. You have the strength and the resilience to rise above, even on those days when you doubt yourself. Know that there is an entire community here at the Girl Emancipated Podcast that is cheering for you. Also, prioritize yourself because your well-being, your mental health, your peace, they matter. If you ever feel the weight of your trauma becoming too heavy, don't hesitate to seek help for yourself. Getting help is okay. Don't think about what other people say. This is your life and you only have one life to live. So get the help that you need from a professional because professionals, as I said before, can provide you with a safe space to help deal with and heal from your trauma. So as you move forward, let's remind ourselves that keep walking your path with courage, understanding, and above all, hope. 
That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for being a part of the Girl Emancipated podcast community. Together, we are breaking free from limitations, embracing our authenticity, and empowering ourselves to live the lives that we were meant to live. Remember, hit that subscribe button and follow me at I am Coach Veronica on Instagram and Facebook to stay connected. Also, share this podcast with your friends. We want more of our friends to begin to take the journey of living an emancipated life. And if you also want to become a member of the Girl Emancipated Insiders community, where we will dig deeper into the episodes and support each other in our desire to live an emancipated life, go to Facebook and search for the Girl Emancipated Podcast Community or go to the link in the podcast episode summary. I would love to connect with you there. Next week's episode is about the power of no emphasizing empowerment through setting boundaries and asserting oneself. So here are my final words about today's episode. Facing and healing from past traumas isn't just about mending wounds. It's about rediscovering and reclaiming your true self. Remember, every step you take towards healing is a step towards freedom, no matter how small. Embrace the journey knowing you are not alone. And remember, Though every shadow of the past, there's a ray of hope waiting for you. So stay connected, stay empowered, and always prioritize your well-being. Bye for now.